0: What's up, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down all the latest in reality, TV, and pop culture. Guess who's back, back, back. Becca again. Someone's ringing my doorbell. I don't know if you can hear that. It's probably Amazon, but you know what? I'm not getting it because I didn't buy anything on Amazon. It's my fiance who refuses to go to any physical store because he can just order it on Amazon and ruin my podcast recording. So thank you, David. I'm sure he can hear me through these very thin walls because my apartment was built in 1932. How are you? Can you tell I've had two coffees today? Two coffee morgue coming at you. We're ready for it. How was your week? How was your week of love? Speaking of David, oh my gosh, you're going to love this. I went to the grocery store the other day because I'm the one that goes to physical stores. He's going to hate me for this. Um, And this is embarrassing on me. I'm dragging on for ordering so so many things off of Amazon. I called David on Valentine's Day. We didn't do anything special. We're like, whatever. When you celebrate your 30th birthday, which thank you, for all the 30th birthday love, by the way. Three days later, you don't want to celebrate Valentine's Day. I am ex- I was exhausted. I still haven't recovered and I didn't even do anything. I went out to dinner and then I went bowling. That's 30 and I'm still tired. So I went to the grocery store on Valentine's Day and I called him on my way home. I said, Hey, will you come help me carry in the groceries when I get here? And he was like, Sure, hon. On Valentine's Day, I would love to do that for you. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then we were hanging up the phone. And without even thinking, without even thinking, I say, love you like a sis. (laughs) And he was like, you're joking, right? And I was like, no, I'm actually not. I do love you like a sis. Okay. We have a lot to discuss today, but first I want to tell you for my bachelor girlies, because we're not going to talk about any bachelor tea today. Although I saw Eric Schwerer has a new girlfriend. It's coming on the Patreon on Friday. On the bachelor brain dump this week, my insider will be revealed. I've been telling you guys... I personally don't know the person on the show, but I am very good friends with this person's cousin and this person's cousin has been giving me all the tea and I feel like there are some things that you need to know about this last episode of Bachelor. So if you want to find out who my inside eyes are and maybe some things that played out that didn't make it onto the show, it will be revealed this Friday on the Patreon Bachelor brain dump, three dollars a month. Uh, you can also sign up for Extra Pop while you're there. We talked about Machine Gun Kelly and Rihanna's halftime performance. We're gonna do the deep dive on MGK, even though it is just like I had to do some like really calming exercises before the deep dive on Megan Fox and MGK because it's rough out there for those two. I'll tell you the truth, but let's get into the pop three. Let's start with, because Bravo had so many, so many premieres in the past week and we'll get to most of them, but we're going to start with Vanderpump Rules because Vanderpump Rules is back and so is Jax Taylor. Maybe not in the way that you're thinking. So let's start with season 10. I thought the premiere was everything. I loved it. Literally, they are back. There was drama. It was funny. We're still invested. Tons of relationship dynamics to navigate Um, early on. You have Tom and Katie, who we all learned at that point were getting divorced. James and Raquel, who ended their engagement. James and Allie, who he met two days ago and now is in love with. Raquel and Peter, who she's clearly using as a distraction. Lala and Schwartz, who I feel like are equivalent to like Mufasa and um, Scar, the way they fight with each other. I'm not saying that one's good and one's evil, but you get it. Lala and Randall, there's just so much going on. And the best part about it is that none of it feels curated yet. Um, we saw little to no Sheena, which I was surprised by. No Brock, um, a little Ariana, Ariana, but i will say all in all it felt organic production made them work again at sir thank you the scene where james ran into raquel at the bathroom i thought that was the most interesting part of the entire episode you know we're starting we're going into this season having sympathy for raquel which is interesting because we know that that will change eventually but i appreciated seeing her navigate this situation with James, because she's clearly at the beginning of the season not over it. She clearly is dealing with, you know, the aftermath of losing somebody that you thought you were going to spend the rest of your life with and then moving on so quickly while she's like, what the heck am I supposed to do? So, Lala and Schwartz is another big one to me. It feels like an old school fight, you know, it feels like a season three, like, Stassi might slap Kristen across the face, that kind of fight. That's what it feels like. And with Lala, you know, you're either in her world, you're either for me or you're against me. And right now Schwartz is against her. And I feel like it's only going to get worse when Raquel gets added into the mix. Um, Peter and Raquel, I mean, it gi- it gives me the ick. It gives us all the ick romantically, right? It was just not, it's never going to happen. Um, but Peter Peter's a good friend. You know, when Raquel had that moment where she was crying at at lunch and all Peter wanted her to do was eat some nachos with him and keep it casual, like a button-down tea. He wasn't really picking up the fact that she meant a relationship. Um, he was there to support her, and I liked seeing that. Can we all agree that James Kennedy is a love bomber? Because it's giving love bomber. You meet this girl Allie, who I have nothing against, I don't know her whatsoever. I heard that they met at like a fan event. Like it might've been a Tom Schwartz and the most extras concert that they met, Ellie and James. So just an interesting scenario. They're already living together. Um, Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Um, And in the meantime, Jax Taylor has announced his return to reality television. Allegedly, E is coming out with a new show called House of Villains. Love the concept. Can't believe it hasn't been done yet. But somebody asked him on Twitter, is it true that you're shooting this show House of Villains? He uh, quote tweeted it and said, sure is. So some other names you may know that have been thrown out there to be on this show. Corinne Olympios from The Bachelor, Johnny Bananas, uh, Heidi Montag, Shake, from Love is Blind, so I'm really looking forward to that. Remember when Jax told us that he and Brittany were going to be on HGTV? (laughs) Jax has been trying desperately to get back on reality television since the moment he was let go, and here we go, House of Villains, perfect fit. Let's move on to headline number two, Maya and Lindsay's family feud. Summer House premiered this week and it was rough. I'm not going to lie to you. It was painful. It was hard to get through. I want to say it'll get better, but I don't know that it will. Um, I'll give you some of my initial thoughts and then we'll get into the Maya and Lindsay situation. So my initial reactions, you know, where do I even begin? Carl and Lindsay, based off of this episode, are outgrowing the premise of Summer House. They just are. It's not their fault. I think they're in a tough place. You know, they were on this show that shot them to reality TV stardom, and now navigating the differences in the relationship, you know, they're in their late thirties. They're going to get married. They're going to try to have babies. Carl is managing his sobriety and his change of lifestyle. I don't think it's fair that that is deemed boring because I don't think that it is. Um, but you know, the show, the premise of the show, what they were, you know, cast under initially is a party house in the summer in the Hamptons. So, um, I don't know. Like I said, I think they're in a hard place. I don't think that they should have to essentially lose their jobs because that's what this is, by the way. They get paid to do this. They grow following off of this and get paid to do other things because of their show on Bravo. So, you know, I don't want to say it feels like ageism because I do understand. And I don't think that it's that. I just think that uh, Vanderpump Rules went through something similar, right? Where we're like, None of these people work at Sur anymore. Like, what is happening? You know, how was Lisa Vanderpump involved in all of this? She's not their boss. And I, I think there's going to have to be some tweaks in order for it to make sense moving forward. Um, Kyle and Amanda, I, I just... Find it interesting that they wanted everybody so desperately to be on board with their relationship, despite their major flaws, the infidelity, screaming, fighting, breaking each other's stuff, but they don't extend the same courtesy to Carl and Lindsay. Um, and I think it's a major deflection. If I'm being completely honest, I think that for once they don't want to take the heat. So maybe they are pushing it. In different places. Um, Paige, surprise, surprise me this episode too, because I feel like she continues to stir the pot. You know, in one breath, she says that she's leaving her drama with Lindsay behind. And the next minute she goes to tell Maya, hey, go hash this out with Carl. When the issue wasn't with Carl, right? Per se it was with Lindsay. The argument happened with Lindsay. I feel like if you want to make things worse, <laughs> go around Lindsay and go to Carl. Um, But it is what it is. Lindsay and Maya, the family feud. What happened? I have heard two sides of the story. Um, Maya's side of the story, obviously, we all saw on the show. They were coming back in the car from family feud. She texted Carl about meeting up uh, to smoke. (laughs) And Lindsay didn't like that. Uh, Maya's reaction to it or Maya's version of the story is that Lindsay didn't like that Maya was texting Carl and it was suggesting that she wanted to like hook up with him or something. Uh, Lindsay's side of the story is that it wasn't about her texting Carl. It was about texting Carl about compromising his sobriety, which we don't know the intricacies of it could just be from drinking. You know, they talked about being California sober, whatever that means. Um, you know, I watched Watch What Happens Live. Lindsay said it it wasn't a screaming match. It was a five-minute normal conversation that was centered around Carl's sobriety and not any type of romantic interest. Um, I mean, we all know that Maya was not, is not, will never be interested in Carl. I mean, he even said like she's never put off that vibe. Um, But I just think at the end of the day that none of these people are friends and You know, we saw Kyle Cook go hard at Hannah Burner about uh, I'm paid to be your friend. Well, that's what it feels like for pretty much everyone involved at this point. Um, I have a theory. A lot of people ask why, why do all the girls hate um, Lindsay so much? You know, that's one of the questions out there. I have a conspiracy theory. You know, I love a good theory that... They don't like that Lindsay brings things up on camera when it comes to Amanda. Amanda doesn't like the fact that Lindsay brought up Kyle cheating on her on camera in season four, I think it was. And then you get Paige and Amanda to be really close and they start talking about it a lot. And then in the next season, or maybe the season after that, I can't remember which one it is, you have Lindsay bring up the Kristen Cavallari thing on camera. So I can see a conversation behind the scenes of the two of them, Paige and Amanda, you know, Lindsay isn't a real friend to us because she only brings these types of situations up that damages character on camera. And uh, I think Paige said something similar in the last summer house reunion. So there's two ways you could look at that. You could look at that and say, yeah, maybe they should discuss things off the show. But on the other hand, they're on a reality show and, uh, they're supposed to share their life. So whatever way you want to slice it, uh, it's going to be a rough season of summer house. I have a feeling. Okay. Number three, after the altar was a huge bust. Of course, after the altar is Love is Blinds, like little check-in with the couples, and it made absolutely no sense. And now I know why. They aired after the altar out of order, and that's why it makes no sense to anybody. So follow me here. The season was filmed in June of 2021. So you get to July. That's when you have the weddings, okay? A year later, late August of 2022, after the altar is filmed. The show premieres about a month after that, October 19th. And then late October 2022, they film The Reunion, which is why this makes no sense, which is why Raven had to do an update on her phone and and airdrop it or dropbox it to producers because we had already been there, done that. It makes no sense to have after the altar. After the reunion, when really it happened before the reunion. And let's face it, after the altar did not need to be three episodes. It needed to be one episode. So why would you not show the season, do one episode of After the Altar, and then air the reunion? It makes no sense. Zay and Cole were still fighting. Matt and Colleen still weren't living together. Brennan and Alexa were getting involved in other people's business. SK and Raven getting engaged. Nancy and Bartice trying to be friends. It's not rocket science, right? I mean, am I missing something? What am I missing? Reality TV gots tell me what I am missing here because it makes no sense to me. So you guys were blowing me up yesterday about Alexa's Instagram, a long Instagram apology. You know, you know, the drill, black background, white text, you know, what's about to go down when that is on the Instagram story it was really long. She says, I involved myself in something that was not my business. She's like, I apologize to someone in private. Everyone's like, what is this? What is this? I don't know what it is to be completely honest with you. I was so uninterested in after the altar that I like really didn't even pay attention to it. I think it has to be Cole, right? Because now that we all saw the reunion and people formulated their own opinion about cutie gate, people are like, Alexa, why are you meddling in the situation with: Zaneb? When clearly you're getting your information from Zaneb. It's just—it's—it's it's just like, oh, she heard one side of the story, and then Brennan jumped on board too. So I feel like, you know, people were like, "Well, you see, do you see what the rest of us see?" And maybe that's why she's apologizing. I don't know. I don't know, but I said it on my Instagram. I'll say it again. I, I will not watch another After the altar special. I won't. They're a waste of your time. You shouldn't do it either. Sidebar. The new show, Perfect Match. I haven't watched it yet, but did you notice that Nick Lachey is the host of it? I did not know that. Vanessa, Nowhere to be Found. I thought that was really interesting because y'all know, not the biggest Vanessa fan when it comes to her um, hosting Love is Blind. So maybe they... I mean, it wasn't just me. I feel like a lot of people, she's not like their favorite person in the world. Okay. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen. With Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factors Fresh never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes, so no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Anyways, let's move on to the deep dive. Deep breaths. I don't want to do it, but for the people by the people, you know, every week. On the gram, I open up the floodgates to you. What do you want to know more about this week? It was What's Going On with Meg GK. Let's go to Emily. Hey, Morgan. It's Emily from Tampa, Florida. I know you don't want to, but we need the details of MGK and Megan Fox. Do you really think it's over? Also, you were right. After the altar, a total waste of time. Love you like a sister. Thank you, Emily. Love you like a sis. I told y'all it was the best. Would I ever lie to you? Never. Okay. I don't want to do it, but I got to do it. I have recently kind of flipped on Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox because I don't like their energy, you guys. I I really don't. Um, They seem just very dark to me. And you know, I love love and light, love and light and they need some love and light in their life. Okay, let's just do a quick little timeline. They met in 2020 while filming a movie, and then they started dating that summer and then got engaged in January of 2022. Um, Rumors started this weekend, right? Megan Fox gets on her Instagram. She posts a couple of photos of herself, and then a video of something burning. It looked to me like an envelope, maybe a letter, and then quotes from a Beyonce song called Pray You Catch Me. The caption said, you can taste the dishonesty. It's all over your breath. Okay. She also deactivated her account later that night. We'll get into my theory on why she did that in a second. but. The Beyonce lyrics are significant, especially because that album, Lemonade, was completely and entirely about her journey navigating through infidelity in her marriage when it came to Jay-Z cheating on her. So like, you don't pick those lyrics out of thin air and then also post a video of something burning like something happened. Okay. So fans in the comments immediately, did he cheat? Did he cheat? Did he cheat? Saying maybe he got with Sophie. Sophie is Machine Gun Kelly's guitar player who is so talented. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. She posted a photo with her boyfriend pretty much immediately. She's like, can y'all get me out of this? Thanks. I mean, she even had her management team reach out to page six and say, Sophie Lloyd is a professional accomplished musician who has been needlessly dragged into the media based off of meritless accusations made by social media. Any suggestion that she has ever acted in an unprofessional manner or stepped out of her relationship are untrue. It's disrespectful to her as a female artist and poor journalism and social commentary to be reporting anything else. And that is the T on that. Sophie, give your team a raise, right? I mean, it's dumb to, to accuse the one woman in machine gun Kelly's band entourage, whatever it is that you want to call it. And, and, you know, everything on social media just spreads like wildfire. This girl probably was getting DM left and right, being called a home wrecker. You never know. People are wild out there in the DMs. They are wild. But then other than that, Megan also deleted all the photos. She started following Eminem, who has a history of beef with Machine Gun Kelly, and then she deactivates her account entirely. Megan Fox knew what she was doing when she posted this, right? She's Megan Fox. She knows everybody is going to be speculating. So, I was I was like, why post this, get all the social media reaction and then deactivate your account? Um this is my theory. And I sh- I had this in my notes earlier, I didn't say it. Sorry, there is a trigger warning because we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. Um so domestic violence, not saying that he did, but we're just going to mention it. And then also in his documentary, he talks about a suicide attempts. So we're going to get into all the details of that. So just to make sure we're all on the same page here, we're going to get through it. Okay. I think she deactivated her account because people started to read into the poster that was behind her on the wall. I tried to look it up. I couldn't find it. I'm not entirely sure What it was, or that it was a poster about domestic violence. I've seen some things saying that it was. I've seen some things saying that it was a poster about um, human trafficking. But people saw it and and kind of reached, in my opinion, and said she's trying to tell us something. You know, she's trying to send a subliminal message, Britney Spears style. Wear yellow if you're in trouble. You know, Um, that coupled with the fact that she showed up to a Grammys party. With a wrist brace on, and she said she had a concussion. She didn't elaborate on how she got either of them. Now, that's just, I'm just giving you the facts. Okay. This is what I think. It would be very reckless, in my opinion, to make that assumption that we are all thinking. I, don't feel comfortable making an assumption about someone until there is like overwhelming evidence to do so. A poster on a bathroom wall doesn't give me the confidence to make that assumption about their relationship. And I don't think that you should make that assumption either. I'm just telling you why I think she deleted her Instagram page. Obviously, if more things come out later on, we'll be able to revisit the conversation. A source told people that they had a fight over Super Bowl weekend. And that Megan is very upset and was not speaking to MGK. The source said they haven't officially called off the engagement, but Megan took her ring off. They have had issues in the past, but things seem pretty serious this time. So then you get to the day before Valentine's Day and they're seen showing up to an office building, which, um, houses various couple and marriage counseling specialists, uh, came in separate cars. The Daily Mail says they stayed inside for approximately two and a half hours. Uh, They exited the building together and then went into their separate cars. A day later, they were together on Valentine's Day, seen riding around in a car together. Um, That's the timeline of it all right now. And that is like what's been circulating on the internet. Um, That said, you know, it's clear that there are Issues here. I mean, you have to really be naive to think that Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are the poster children for healthy relationships. Um, David and I watched his documentary together, Life in Pink, and you know, some, some of the stuff was alarming. He struggles with depression. Um, and, you know, to put it in the lightest sense possible, you know, he really doesn't have self-love, uh, in the documentary, he did talk about, he attempted suicide while Megan was on the phone with him. That right there alone, leave everything else out of it. That right there is a traumatic, uh, enough of an experience to really mess with someone, both of them. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I don't know. They're in a deep and they need to be brought to the light because it's scary, man. When I had, I had Nicole Moore on last year. She is a love coach. She's great. You should check her out on Instagram. That's her handle, Nicole Moore. I think if you search her name, you'll find her. She's verified. But um, we discussed the differences between Megan Fox and Machine and Kelly and Courtney and Travis, where. They have the same aesthetic, right? Punk rock princesses and whatnot. Um, but one relationship relationship seems very happy and light. The other seems very dark and twisted, you know? That's just my feeling about it. Um, I I don't know. Like I I just have never it's hard for me to say that. A relationship like that, everything that we have seen, you know, with the engagement ring having thorns in it and all the other like bizarre things that they do together. Um, just I, I don't see really how anyone can interpret that as a healthy relationship, but I hope that they're okay. Of course, everybody deserves love. Um, but I think that there's some some stuff going on there and it's scary you guys i'm not going to lie to you like that's why i really don't i didn't talk about it much on my pages and i don't enjoy talking about it now because it's scary so say some prayers for them keep them covered in the light they need jesus and We will leave it there to wrap things up. We're going to talk about the real housewives of New Jersey because they also had a big premiere last week, but we're going to talk more about, um, episode two, like a mini little episode recap. I'm not going to go through each and everything that happened, but just maybe the highlights. Um, this season seems like we're gearing up for a lot of mini feuds and then a big feud, obviously the big feud being Melissa, Joe, Teresa and Louie. But then, you know, you have Margaret and Jennifer, you have Dolores and Jennifer, you have Jackie and the newbies, you know, like, it's just a lot going on. So um, in the beginning, we get kind of an introduction to a new character, although she's not really there. Her name is Laura, used to be best friends with Margaret. And apparently, Laura is going to Jennifer and Teresa and saying some things that people don't want out there. So we see Danielle, at the beginning, she's a newbie, too, which I love her, by the way. Some people think that she's a bit over performative and maybe she's trying to act like a housewife. I don't care. I don't care if she's faking it whatsoever. I love her. I think she's really funny and she's entertaining. So I don't care. And, you know, uh, no, Jen and Tree are on FaceTime and Danielle's there and they're like, did did Laura say anything else? They're both like, mm-mm. I thought they were talking about Danielle at first but apparently they were talking about um Margaret. Margaret found out about it because there's a mole in Jennifer's camp. I was like, was it Danielle? She's literally sitting right there. Um but yeah, we'll get to that feud in a second. We get more of Dolores's new man Paul in this episode and they they sit down and they talk a lot about Frank, which is Oh, you guys, it's so sad because even when I typed out in my notes, like you know, we got we get to see Dolores and her man Paul. I thought in my head, I love Frank. Why aren't they together? And to constantly have that be the reaction, it's like Dolores is finally happy. She's like left David, who would not commit to her. You know, we should be happy for her, but the fans just want her with Frank Catania Senior so bad because they're a match made in heaven. <sighs> And I want it to happen. But you know what? I'm happy for her. She seems very happy and in love. We see all the women get invited to Teresa and Louie's wedding. Um, The new... I forget the other one's name. Danielle and... I forget her name. Anyways, you know what I'm talking about. The dark-haired one. Um, The husband was like, we're invited? We just met her. And the wife's like, shut up. We're on TV now. Like, Of course we're invited. Like this is going to be on the show. We have to be there. I love the fact that they talked about Ramona letting the cat out of the bag, sharing all the wedding details on social media. It's like the perfect crossover and truly only Ramona would do do something like that. We see in the moment that Joe and Melissa were invited, but obviously we know it goes uh, downhill pretty quickly. Danielle is on party duty. This episode, a mozzarella party, which are you kidding me? Sign me up immediately. Oh, my 30th birthday should have been a mozzarella making party. What was I thinking? You know, 31 is only like 359 days away. So I'm going to write that one down. Jen, Jess Fessler, Jen, Jennifer Fessler. I think her name is Jennifer Fessler. She's really funny. I like her a lot too. You know, she's at the mozzarella party. She's like, my thighs are sweating. She's like, amen to the Jews, which I'm sorry. I don't know if that is inappropriate or not. So forgive me. I'm just repeating what she says. Um, but coming into that party, she's kind of the comedic relief of it all. So I'm here for it. When that party started, I'm thinking there's two major feuds brewing. Dolores and Jennifer and Teresa and Melissa. But then you get this mini feud between Margaret and Jennifer. And it's like, oh, my gosh, we thought we were done with this. We thought we were done with this. I just got to say, I love them yelling at each other in aprons that say making Ma's memories. (laughs) They're like, they're like. You can't tell me what to say. You can't tell me what to think. Oh, I'll tell you what I think. I'm just going to drown myself in the pool while wearing aprons that say making Mott's memories because they're eating mozzarella at a mozzarella, uh, the mozzarella party. And then we get in another fight about the tables, the tables, who's sitting at what table, who's sitting at what table between Melissa and Teresa. I might get some hate for this one from the tree huggers. Listen, you know, I respect you. We can listen to each other's opinions and not agree, but honestly, respectfully, the words that come out of Teresa's mouth just never make any sense to me. Like, it doesn't matter what order they're coming in. It doesn't matter what she's talking about. I'm always like, girl, what are you talking about? You know, it's Margaret's fault for speaking about what was on the blogs about Louis last year. Now it's Melissa's fault that it was Margaret's fault that they were talking about the blogs. And now it's like the tables. It's like family, family, family. I can't. I can't handle it. There's so many fights in the Real Housewives of New Jersey. All I want to see is Jessica Fletcher. That's not her name. What's her name? <laughs> Jennifer Jennifer Flesser. Fessler. I just want to see her crushing some chips, eating mozzarella, wiping the sweat off from between her thighs. because that would be me at the party where everybody else is fighting about family, family, family. You know, the ladies of New Jersey, they bring it all the time. Sometimes I think there's too much going on there. The fact that you have eight different fights between these ladies happening at one time, I'm like, I can't, I can't keep up, but will I try? Yes, I will try. All right, you guys, that does it. Another episode of MPT in the books. Don't forget Bachelor Brain Dump. Going to be a big one this Friday. Going to reveal... My insider going to reveal some tea about the latest episode and we'll dive into the rest of bachelor nation headlines as this Friday, Monday, extra pop. If some things pop off over the weekend, that's where you can find it. Uh, the Patreon link is in the podcast description below in the show notes. Don't forget to leave a review, please. Even if it's just a love you, like assist, because you know, I do a little five-star rating. If you haven't done that yet, a little goes a long way. And we'll see you back here next Thursday. Love you like a sis. Ahura Media Production.